All right. Welcome. Welcome in. Thank you so much for tuning into the Dynasty Monarchy podcast. This is episode 102 today. We're going to be having a little sports gambling special. So if it's not your thing, we apologize, but it's a fun and entertaining thing. Nonetheless, even if you don't gamble, listen to the show uh, and support us here. Wanted to thank everyone for listening. Mr. Max has some technological difficulty, so he won't be joining us today. But Super Producer and I hold down the fort, give our picks uh, for this upcoming season. Some some great player picks, MVP picks, uh, and some team over-unders. Wanted to thank everyone for listening. 1-800-GAMBLER if you have a gambling problem. Uh, and again, these picks are just opinions. We are not professional gamblers. Thank you so much. We're super excited to get in the episode. Let's go. Why, hello there, my fellow kings and queens. Welcome to the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast, where you will learn how to rule over your Dynasty League for years to come. Now, allow me to introduce you to your hosts. Here we go, episode number 102 of the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast. Whoever you may be, however you may be listening, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, welcome, welcome in. We have a little bit of an abbreviated episode today. Max is going through some computer problems. Thank the Lord it's this week and not next week. Our last episode before the NFL season is going to be next week. We're super excited about that. So in lieu of a longer form episode today, Super Producer and I were talking earlier saying, hey, we got some great bets coming in. 1-800-GAMBLER if you have a gambling problem, but we wanted to share some of our tips tricks and bets we're looking at for this upcoming NFL season with you all and be back to a regular fantasy schedule for next week's episode. Yeah, dude, I I'm really pumped for this episode. I mean, we've been talking bets all off season, um, at least in Ohio, all the sports gambling stuff uh, just turned live on the first of this year. So kind of started to get into a groove uh, at the, the end of the playoffs and that stuff. So this is really the first off season where our, I've been putting in futures and I feel really good about some bets. Uh, PJ, I know you have some bets as well that you're liking at the end of the day too. Like PJ said, we're given some bets we like not guaranteed to hit. So don't throw the house on it at all, but these are all going to be bets that we put money on and feel somewhat confident in. So we'll definitely talk you through our process with these for sure. So Good to get a little change of pace. We'll be missing Max this episode, but we're in for a good one. Yeah, before we do get into the gambling portion, we do want to go through some reports. Things are happening at camp. We have uh, a drama as well with Jonathan Taylor that we'll get into. Uh, but before we get in- into the reports, I, I did want to mention to follow us on Twitter. We are giving away a Garrett Wilson signed New York Jets jersey. I know we have a lot of Ohio listeners. We have a lot of New Jersey listeners. This is the perfect mix. This is the perfect match. Garrett Wilson, Ohio State Buckeye, and New York Jet. So we are giving away a signed jersey on Twitter or X or whatever you want to call it today. Go over to Twitter at Dynasty Monarchy, D-Y-N-A-S-T-Y-M-O-N-A-R-C-H-Y. Go follow us on Twitter over there. Retweet our pinned tweet, and you will be entered into a chance to get the jersey. We're going to do the drawing at halftime of the Monday night game, Jets-Bills. I am so pumped. I am so pumped to give away this jersey. Garrett Wilson's one of my favorite guys. I wish I could win it, but sadly, I can't. Uh, again, wanted to thank everyone for listening to the episode. Let's get into reports. Oh. 
All right. First up, Mr. C, your boy, Jonathan Taylor. It looks like we have an end in sight to his story. He has been placed on the pup, was not traded, was not close to getting traded per the Indianapolis Colts. What do you think about Taylor this upcoming season? He is now going to be out for four games dynasty wise. Is this a dip you're willing to buy? I feel like it would be for me if I'm not a competitor and my last piece in my rebuild would be like a young stud running back. That's got three years left. I think this is a great piece to buy on a discount. I think you can get them for a little bit more than a first right now. Oh, I I'm right with you, man. This is the prime buy window. Dude, it's so tough just for his outlook this season. Uh, I know we've been going over some redraft this past uh, in the, on the last episode, but at the end of the day, this does not help us understand what the situation is going to be past four games, right? We know he's going to be out four games, but what does it look like once he's quote-unquote active off of that pup? Does he play? Does he try to sit out? I mean, because he's obviously not happy with the Colts. The Colts could not find a trade partner. He could not bring them a trade partner that would work. Um, apparently, they were asking about, about Jalen Waddle for Miami for Jonathan Taylor. Correct. Correct. <laughs> so if that shows you anything, I mean, I really don't think he's going to be traded because Ursay is going to value him super highly as well as the GM there. So no one's Chris just going to. Ballard, I think. Yeah, Ballard. So that no one's going to pay that pay up for a running back. But like you said, PJ and Dynasty, I'll pay for him. Even if he ends up sitting out the entire season, it doesn't matter. Um, there's very few workhorse running backs in the league, and he's one of them. So I, what do you think? I mean, I guess we kind of went over this the past episode too, but does this provide even a bigger sell window for like Evan Hull? Hey, Kenyon Drake actually got cut, so scrap my take I had where I thought he was going to be the leading guy there. But I mean, is there an even bigger sell window for these guys like Evan Hull, Deion Jackson, Zach Moss? The problem, the problem is you're not going to be able to get a first, right? And a lot of these guys were waiver pickups. Maybe you can get seconds from guys, uh, but outside of second round picks, I, I don't think that there's, there's much really to talk about here. Nothing against the, running backs out there they'll have good games because it's indianapolis's offensive line and for all metrics they're still pretty good over there uh but they're they're not pieces that anybody is going to invest long-term capital in. hey you can go out and grab a waiver pickup and turn them into a second round pick done do it every day of the weekend twice on sunday don't get me wrong but i don't think that there's going to be insane value long term during the season for these guys taylor comes back okay these guys, their role becomes zero. But if he doesn't come back, they become workhorses. There's too much um, smoke. There's like a big smoke screen over the running back room. And, and, and until you know exactly who's going to be getting like the work work, I'm not willing to pay more than a second round pick for any of these guys. Let's keep moving forward. Uh, TJ, I've had five good games in my entire career. Hawkinson has signed a four-year $68.5 million extension. Uh, it's a shame Max isn't here to defend his guy or Jace, but Mr. C, I wanted you to walk me through this. I think this is obviously a big sign from the Vikings that he is their guy. He's going to be a very large part of this offense. They wanted to get the discount now before he had a monster year. Doesn't seem like that much of a discount given the fact that he is now officially the highest paid tight end in the NFL, but 
Mr. C, I wanted to hear your thoughts, opinions. Does this increase his value in Dynasty? That's a good question, man. I, I feel like it has to stay relatively the same for me. I mean, I get you get the added security that he's going to be in Minnesota. But is Minnesota really a great spot to be? I mean, Kirk Cousins is a free agent. I, you would assume that Minnesota is going to try to pay him the bag. But if they have another crazy collapse where they get bounced in the first round of the playoffs or something like that, especially in a super weak NFC, I, it brings up questions whether or not Kirk will be there long term. For sure, man. I mean, it's like Kirk Cousins is great for fantasy football, but these franchises are trying to win Super Bowls, and Kirk Cousins has not shown that he could do that so far in his career. That's where I think his value stays the same for me. Call me crazy. I I think this is actually a really fun fan theory that I'm going to have here. The Vikings don't play incredibly well. They play good enough where they're like, quote-unquote, a quarterback away. Uh, like the defense gets fixed. They let go of Kirk Cousins because he's not elite tier. And you know who's going to get the first overall pick? Potentially Arizona. I might not think so, but if this happens, they're going to have Kyler Murray there still. They trade Kyler to the Vikings. Kyler to the Vikings? That be would be sick, dude. You're that getting would be me really hyped up. No, uh, we know that Caleb Williams probably will go number one overall, no matter who's there. Uh, outside of like the Chiefs, maybe the Chargers, there's like very few teams that would pass on him to be a part of their organization. And Kyler could be on the move this offseason. But let's get back on topic with Hawk. I think we look at this contract. This is a, a stamp that means he is a big part of our offense. He's a big part of what we want to do as an organization. It's a ringing endorsement. I think it increases his value like a second like uh, whatever his he's worth. I think he's probably worth a first, a first and a half at the most. So maybe it makes him worth a first in two seconds. Like I can't put the two firsts on him until we see it on tape. This might be the lowest time that you can buy TJ Hawkinson for a long time, but it also might be the ceiling, which is the absolute problem with him. He's so young. He could be like three first round pick potential if he pops off like Kelsey uh, and is like one of the elite tier tight ends at such a young age. But then again, he could be like Dallas Goddard and just fall into monotony and be worth a second round pick if things don't work out correctly. All right. Last but not least, Ricky Mostert has been placed on the injured reserve. Mr. C, what does this do for the running back room? It's got to just boost A-chain, man. I As much as I was kind of down on A-chain for the pre-draft process, he got the best landing spot that everybody wanted Charbonnet to go to, Zach Evans, Sean Tucker, any of these running backs in this class, A-chain got the premier landing spot. I mean, this guy obviously is a small guy, but he's super electric. That backfield has nothing. I mean, they have Jeff Wilson Jr., a chain. They just cut uh, Miles Gaskin, so he's not on the team. I really, uh, I think they might have like Salvin Ahmed as as their third running back. Still, he was not a bad. He was like one of those fantasy football waiver legends, dude. He, and he still might, he still might be. I mean, he could be a dude for free that you pick up, and he could have some value during the season. I mean, but it's got to be a boost for A chain. It is concerning that at every turn when a running back is 
seemingly on the market. Miami Dolphins have been reaching out to them. I mean, Dalvin Cook, Jonathan Taylor, seems like they're trying to get anybody in there they can. So maybe we'll see Leonard Fournette jump in there at some point. But PJ, if you have a chain, are you trying to just sell this news knowing that Miami's trying to add in like another back there? Or are you just going to hold till he goes off for like, you know, he's going to go off for like a 20 point game in the first four weeks or something. And then you sell for maybe a first. Yeah. It's always really interesting. I think a big reason a lot of people look at guys like Isaiah Pacheco from last year, they're like, Oh, he was really fast in the combine. And then he translated the NFL level. Right. We look at players like that uh, and the comparisons can be made. Uh, oh, Miami's run scheme. Oh, you know, X, Y, Z. There's so many reasons to like him, but it all comes down to vacated targets and and who is getting the ball there, right? Tyreek Hill is still going to get the ball there at an insane clip. And then Jalen Waddle is going to get the ball at an insane clip. Outside of that, do we really see A-Chain as a three down back? No. So he's going to get, let's be generous and say 65% of the running game. Let's be generous. Very, let's be very generous and say 65% of the running game. What really is the peak of the running game there? We really don't know because Jalen Waddle and Tyree Killer are going to get the ball in an insane clip. The way that I personally look at it, Pacheco did such a good job last year down the stretch because who were they going to give the ball to besides Kelsey? Who was a game changer there? No one. So they had to give it to this like fifth or sixth round rookie running back. I just don't think he is going to be as good as people want him to be. I don't think he's going to live up to his draft value. I would be selling off of the news. I'd sell the second he has a really good game because he will have like one or two really good games early on. Uh, and then that's right when you sell. I think the only format I would really be targeting a chain with any confidence is probably best ball. I really haven't joined a ton of best ball this year, but he will get on the high end. He'll probably get like 13 carries, maybe a couple catches. That's probably like the max workload that a guy like that can handle. Um, But he could probably do big things. I mean, he could probably rip off an 80 yard, 90 yard touchdown or something crazy, which, you know, that's perfect for that. Other than that, man, just straight up lineup, like setting a lineup every week. I, I will never know when to start a chain or to start Jeff Wilson Jr. or to start Salvin Ahmed. I mean, that's just gross, man. So I, I'm probably staying away and I probably would sell like you're saying once he has a big game. I think the selling the second he has a big game and you can get what you paid and then like a tiny little sprinkle on top. I'm fine with. And, you know, I could have egg on my face in six months if he's the RB one on the season and Miami is crazy, but I really don't see that happening. All right, that's going to wrap up our report segment. Now we're going to be moving into our 2023 season bets. All right, first up here, Mr. C, we have MVP. This is a fun one to do every year. Uh, could you read us what was said last year? Yeah, so last year uh, we did our MVP picks in June. So we're we're a little bit later on. Uh, now so that might be to our advantage we will see here but uh jace picked justin herbert max picked russell wilson pj you picked josh allen and i've picked patrick mahomes you binked i binked i wish i could have bet on it because it was not legal at the time for me to bet on it but i'm feeling good that one of us will hit another one here honestly max while you're not here to defend yourself i'm gonna poop on you Russell Wilson, really, dude? Come on, man. That's disgusting. Uh, Moving back, 
Max has put his curse on Justin Herbert. So sell all your shares uh, while you can. Max deciding Justin Herbert is this guy for MVP plus 1200 is your most favorable odds for DraftKings on that one. Myself, I love Josh Allen. Uh, big Jet fan here. I just look at the team. There's such a big narrative around wanting the Bills to be good. I know Madden curse. I know he can't be this good for this long. I know he had the surgery on his arm, all these things. I don't think they're going to give it to Mahomes again because I can't see him having three MVPs before he's 30 because then at this rate, he'll just win every single year. I don't think any of the other quarterbacks in the AFC truly have a chance to win besides Allen. Maybe, uh, you know, knock on wood, please, for the love of God, let me be wrong and it be Aaron Rodgers to win his third and four years. But I can't see Rodgers doing it because that defense is going to carry him. The only way they do it is if they win the division, and I don't see the Jets winning the division over the Bills. Uh, I really think Josh Allen's going to win it. Shortest odds to win for all of us here, uh, and it's on DraftKings, 850 plus 850 on DraftKings. Yeah, dude, I really like your reasoning behind this one. I almost picked Allen as well when I was – I've been staring at these odds for a few weeks now. Allen feels like good value, even though it's 850 – I, I would still be willing to throw, just like you said. I feel like it's going to be that LeBron fatigue, the Mahomes fatigue, where it's like the dude should probably win MVP every year, but the voters will probably just start giving it to somebody else. And you know, Allen's that that tier down there. And going into my picks, I mean, talking about just that tier down, I'm going to plant my flag MVP Jalen Hurts. Um, I've come full circle. I'm now think voting for Jalen Hurts as MVP. So that's got to bring a smile to your face, PJ. But oh, it's I think awesome. it could have been 50-50 between him and Mahomes last year. But Mahomes just had that kind of transcendent year. Hurts was right with him the whole season. This year if is going to be a little hurt. People say he was probably going to win. It, probably because Minshew actually went off in that game too that he that Hurts ended up not playing in. So who knows? He had a few more touchdowns. And I think the Eagles are still going to run through that conference this year, even though they got the first place schedule going for them. I think Jalen's just going to have another monster year and it's going to be hard. I don't know. I just think it's good value. He's plus 1200 on DraftKings. So I feel like that's good value for one of the top guys at kind of those longer odds. And so I threw a little bit of money on him and I'm okay. I'm kind of copping out here. I'm throwing in a longer shot pick. So that's this is not my official pick, but I did throw money on him. The sprinkle. Tua, it's a little, little sprinkle. little sprinkle on Tua Tungavailoa, plus 2,200 on DraftKings. This one is out there. I mean, there's people that really don't like Tua. I think he's in for a huge year this year. If he stays healthy, this is this is where it's at. I mean, if he stays healthy the whole year, he was right there in passing metrics with like the top five guys and who knows crazier things have happened. Miami is committed to winning this year. And if they somehow end up winning that division over the bills and two is like right up there in passing numbers, which could be possible, man. I mean, having Waddle and Hill on either side, Mm -hmm. I feel like it's a good sprinkle at plus 2200. So that's, that's my reasoning. It's a buck to win 22. So you put five bucks on it to win a hundred, 110. That's fun. That's a fun little, like just throw a little sprinkle, a little sprinkle out there. See what happens. All right. With that being said, we just wrapped up our MVP bets. 
Mr. C, I want you to take us through some of the player personnel bets that you're you're looking at this year. Yeah, for sure. There was a few that I liked uh, earlier in the offseason that I jumped on pretty early. I was going to go over them today, but the lines actually have swelled a little bit uh, in my favor. So I'm going to leave those ones alone because it kind of throws out the analysis I had for the previous lines. But as far as the player props. So one of them, these are all going to be one unit plays for me. I put a unit on them. Uh, the third one is a little bit more, but Derrick Henry over 1150 and a half rushing yards, minus 110 on DraftKings. He's hit the over here in three of his last five seasons. He smashes this number when he's healthy and it's really not too close. Uh, obviously health is the key with, with Henry here, but He's shown no signs of slowing down and he's going to get close to like 25 or 30 touches a game, which is just insane in uh, today's NFL. So, I mean, even when he played eight games, so this was two seasons ago, he was at 937 yards. So, I mean, if he stays healthy, I mean, he obviously smashes that number. So that's basically the key here for me. I'm throwing a unit on it just to put it out there. I don't, think Henry's going to slow down as much as people think he's that whole offense in Tennessee. So I really like this bet. I think he could just lead the league in rushing again. So I'm just going to bank on that. I love that one, Mr. C. Henry is a beast. The only way that he's going to get under this is if he gets hurt. Uh, I, I truly mean that. And that's the one thing that sucks about uh, about sports in general is that injuries injuries happen and the sports books really don't care. That's life, right? These are the risks that we take, but Henry is going to be that entire offense this year. Uh, so we're going to see if he can beat a line that he's beaten just about every single year that he's been in the league. And it's really, the VIG isn't that big. It's a, uh, so basically for a 50, 50 over under the VIG is only, uh, what is it? 1%. It's negligible. It's minus one ten. Another one kind of piggybacking off of that bet, but it's one that I found in DraftKings. So they have a, another tab called history. So the, it's just a few different player props like Cooper Cup to have 100 yards in the first two games, uh, stuff like that. But another one that I threw a little bit on, it wasn't a full unit, but it's at plus 300 and it was Derrick Henry to rush for 100 plus yards in both games versus Indianapolis. And for me, this one was an insta bet when I saw it. He's hit 100 rushing yards against Indianapolis six out of the last eight games. Oh, yeah. I was hesitant to put a bunch on this just because of the injury risk, like I was talking about. But if he's healthy, if he gets to, I think they play Indianapolis the second time in like week 13 or 14. But if Henry can make it to that point in the season healthy, he's just going to smash Indianapolis because they Indianapolis lost a couple key defenders, which I'll get into when we start talking about uh, kind of like team win over unders. But I think Indianapolis is going to have a bad defense and Henry's just going to eat up on them. Yeah, one that I absolutely love. I have on FanDuel here. Uh, it's So it's a thousand yards, a thousand plus yards receiving. That's it. The player has to get a thousand yards. Call me crazy. DJ Moore at plus 220 plus odds on a guy who three out of his last four years has done that with worst quarterback play. Last year, he had 888 yards. And 
the quarterback play was atrocious. He had also um, 50 less targets last year than the year prior, 30 less receptions. So I I look at a guy like DJ Moore to be able to get plus odds more than double on a guy who is a thousand yard machine touchdowns. That's a different story, but uh, we've talked about explosiveness on this podcast. You want to be able to get guys that go for long distances preseason is preseason. But he had the, I I believe it was the most yak of the entire preseason yards after the catch he was completely explosive. I think that they're going to use him in such a dynamic way there to try to alleviate the pressure off uh, Justin Fields. As sure of a sure bet that this can possibly be, which there's no sure bet, I would put multiple units on this one, and I probably will. Yeah, dude, as you were talking, I just started to throw some money on it, and this is a bet I really love, and I didn't even know it because it's so crazy. There's so many markets for future betting which i had no idea i mean obviously new to it this year but dude there is some spots where you can take advantage of it if if you're willing to just put the money in escrow wait for it to to hit your account at the end of the season i mean dj Moore at a thousand yards plus 220 i mean that's great bro i i really like that bet dj Moore at a thousand uh i'll give you a guy that i feel like comps to him comps to him pretty pretty well uh cd lamb cd lamb's had great quarterback play for a receiver whether or not you want to talk about Dak as a good quarterback xyz definitely better than what's going on in carolina uh and cd lamb to get a thousand yards is minus 185 so to be able to not only get positive odds to get double positive in the 200s uh, i think it's as as good as you can can ask for and the best value like olave is even negative minus 145 uh, and I feel like Olave and and him present a similar uh, similar standard as wide receivers go. All right, let's kick it back to you. Give us another one, Mr. C. This is going to be my last player prop one. I'm really liking this bet. It's going to be Devontae Adams under 1,300 and a half yards, a little bit juiced at minus 125. And I don't know. I The more I looked into this, it could be arguing for the other side. So maybe maybe I'll make the argument for the other side here. But honestly, Adams has hit this over the past, like four out of the past five seasons. But the caveat is Jimmy G is going to be the worst quarterback that he's ever seen throwing in the ball. So I'm just going to lean on under 1,300 yards because that's a lot of yards, man. And Jimmy G is terrible at throwing deep balls so i think it's going to be really tough for adams to get those huge chunk plays he could still have a great year and he could just eat up in like the mid-range just maybe 10 catches but each catch is like 10 15 yards so i could totally see that happening too but i really just don't have faith in jimmy g it's more of a lack of faith in jimmy g and las vegas as a whole than it is on Devonte Adams because I do think he's a great player, but thirteen hundred for me is just a lot, a lot for him to hit in a team that I think is going to be a terrible offense. So I, I'm I put uh, one point five units on it. I might throw a little bit more, but yeah, man, this is one I really like. I like that one a lot too, man. Adams Adams is so good, but the only way I think you kind of get screwed on this is if he has a decent year and then gets traded. Uh, and then again, that's so much speculation. I think the process is correct there. 1300 is a lot of yards. That's a lot of yards. Uh, so, so I'm definitely in on that one, Mr. C. All right. 
I'm going to give my last player prop here. My last one is a parlay that I put through. I'm really excited about it. I think as far as investments go, when they talk about uh, like really high probabilities of winning, so like the minus bets, DeMar Hamlin winning comeback player of the year is as locked in as it can be. If he plays a single snap, even imagine if it's in a primetime game too, he gets a snap, uh, he's going to win comeback player of the year. All he needs to do is not get hurt the entire season and he will win comeback player of the year. Uh, he's at minus 350. I don't know this for a fact, but I'm going to say that is the largest the odds have ever been on someone's side to win an award ever uh, in the NFL. Minus 350 to win comeback player of the year. So that's just safe additive for the parlay. Then I'm going to go Jalen Hurts to win regular season MVP at plus 1,200. And then Garrett Wilson to win offensive player of the year. Uh, this is not a one unit play. This is a 0.1 unit play. So 10% of my normal units just to throw on this parlay. So I have a dollar to win $434 on this. I think Hertz and Hamlin have incredible odds to win. Like percent chance of winning is high enough that taking a flyer on Garrett Wilson to win. I'm perfectly fine with that. And I absolutely love it. I was not expecting the odds to be that boosted. And like you I said, the ham 400, like, come on. Yeah, yeah, dude, that's worth it, man. I I'll probably end up throwing on that too. The Garrett Wilson one, I guess is where they're boosting it up crazy, but yeah, he's plus, uh, I think it's 2,500. Yeah. Plus, well, when I got it in, he was plus 2,500 to be AP NFL offensive player of the year. He's going to have to lead the league in receiving and or touchdowns and the jets be the best team in the AFC outside of the chiefs. Yeah, and that's the thing with these long shot bets. You got to see the scenario, and there's the scenario. It's there for Garrett Wilson to eat up. Yeah, it definitely is, and especially Jalen was my pick for MVP, so I'm definitely in on that too. I I do like this long shot, Pete. All right, Mr. C, let's get in uh, one team over under for each of us, and then we'll send everyone on their merry way. I'm going to be going under six and a half total wins for the Indianapolis Colts plus 100 on DraftKings. Uh, as I alluded to, they lost a few key defenders. There could be more people, but just the names that I recognized, Stefan Gilmore signed with uh, Dallas and Bobby O'Karake, who's a linebacker. I think he had like 140 tackles or something last season he signed with. Uh, New York Giants. So those are two key pieces away from a defense that was already very terrible. I mean, they were fourth in points per game allowed on defense, which obviously is just brutal. Jonathan Taylor, I just add insult to injury. Obviously, we talked about it earlier. He's out for four games. Who knows, man? Could be the season. They could just be without JT. This is also a very tough division where Tennessee is always... Yeah, Tennessee's always good in the regular season, no matter what you think about Tannehill. I mean, if Henry's there, they got the defensive pieces. They're going to be tough, and Jacksonville is on the upswing there, so they're going to have some tough games. I don't know what the rest of their schedule looks like, but as far as rookie quarterbacks go, I mean, they're averaging about like five or six wins if they're starting the full season since like 2000, and I think the Colts are going to be a dumpster fire this year, and – I'm all in on it, especially 
Uh, so this is just a unit play, but plus 100 odds there. Uh, this makes it one of the more favorable over under uh, win totals for me. I absolutely love it, man. Uh, I love betting under win totals. W- betting over win totals, that's scary. Like when you're trying to chase wins at the end of the year and you just know it ain't going to happen. Uh, I think betting unders is is more fun on bad teams. Call me a, a psycho, but that's just my two cents. I actually really like that one. Yeah, dude, I'm with it. I mean, there's so many things that have to go right for a lot of these teams and especially just their situation. You can look at it. I mean, like Carolina is another one. Just the rookie quarterbacks, those are the ones I'm kind of targeting. But, yeah, there's definitely some money to be made in the unders. All right, Mr. C, let's get into my over-under for the year. I am a big fan of this over-under, and I'm very passionate about it. I really don't see a world where the Cardinals don't win four games. I'm taking the over on Cardinals at three and a half wins. They are going to win four games this year. Kyler Murray's out for a little bit, yes, but they play in the NFC West. Chalk up two losses to the 49ers. Outside of that, they could win any divisional game on any given quote-unquote Sunday. Um, And then just to string along a couple wins here or there, I feel like four is such an easy number to obtain in this league. Don't ask the Browns or Lions that, or the Jaguars, or the Jets. Um, But outside of those organizations, I, I really don't. Like it's just so low. It is such a low line. It's such a disrespectful line. Uh, it's juiced here on DraftKings at minus one forty-five. I don't care. That's an investment piece. I would put, uh, I'd put ten times my units on this number if I could find it somewhere. Uh, so like a hundred dollars to win. Uh, what would it be? It would be a hundred dollars to win fifty-five profit. I, I just I can't think that they're only going to win three games or less with Kyler Murray as their quarterback. Yeah, dude, I you're talking me into this one, and I was just looking at their schedule. They do have a, a decently tough schedule, but at the end of the day, there's about six games that I could see them somehow winning. I mean, we'd like to talk about, okay, there's like gutter teams in the NFL where you look at this team, you're like, oh, they're not going to win a single game. At the end of the day, these are NFL players who were the best college player on their team, probably at a certain point, best high school player. So these dudes can play ball. It only takes, you know, what, what's the saying? Every, any given Sunday. So I could see the uh, Cardinals walking out with four wins. And like you said, with Kyler Murray too, I, I haven't really seen much talk about when he will be back, but it seems like there's optimism that everything's been going well with his comeback and everything. So we could see, you know, a handful of games with him too, which could really help boost this up. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna read off the games for you really quick. Week one is winnable against the commanders. Giants winnable probably will lose. Cowboys probably will lose. 49ers will lose. Bengals will lose. Rams, that's up in the air. So that's two games. Against the Seahawks, that's up in the air. And believe me, all the Seahawks fans out there are like, no way. Blah, blah, blah. Look, the Seahawks are they're fake good. They're not good team. They have a chance to lose two bad teams. They are not ineffable. Ravens, they will lose. Brownies probably will lose. Uh, Falcons, that's a toss-up. That's four games right there. Texans, toss-up. Rams, another toss-up. So that's six right off the top of my head, and we're just about halfway through the season. Steelers, they'll probably lose that game. 49ers, they will lose. Bears, 
probably will lose. Eagles probably will lose. And then the Seahawks, uh, that's another toss-up game that last week. So I, there's seven potential wins on the schedule. I just can't see them going and winning three games. They're going to win a game that they shouldn't, just like the Jets when they screwed themselves out of getting Trevor Lawrence by beating the Rams, the the team that won the Super Bowl that year, the Rams, and then beating the Browns, the, the Browns that beat the Steelers that year. So we look at the 2008 Lions that went 0-16, uh, and they were a terrible team. Their quarterback was Dan Orlovsky. Uh, and then we look at the Browns. They were just Browns quarterbacks. So, Mr. C, who were the Browns quarterbacks when they went under under four wins? It was Deshaun Kaiser. And I feel like when they went one in 15. That's a good call. I would have to guess Kaiser again, but I could be wrong. Uh, so, exactly. That kind of proves my point. That Jets team started Sam Darnold. Yeah, their starting quarterback was Sam Darnold. And then any team, there's never been a, a team where the quarterback is actually a legitimately good quarterback that does not put up the correct amount of wins. They are going to win games. It's disrespectful, this line. I, I'm just going to smash the over. You're really making a bet on Kyler Murray's health, which, you know, for the money, it could be a good bet. And if you really are feeling frisky about it, over four and a half wins on DraftKings is plus 130. If you really are feeling frisky, over five and a half wins is plus 225. Five and a half might be a tough one to to reach, but a little sprinkle might be worth it if you think Murray's going to play like more than a quarter of the season, honestly. Yeah, I I just I feel like Kyler's going to be really healthy. I, I, I just can't imagine that he sits out the whole year. This team is bad. He knows that if they sit out, they're going to draft Caleb Williams. I know he already has his guaranteed money, X, Y, Z. It really doesn't matter. But I feel like there's a pride element to that. He's going to want to play. And I just can't see him sitting out the whole year. All right. That's going to wrap up our bets for the year. We're still going to be doing Mortal Lock every week uh, on the the show. But outside of that, anything you wanted to say, Mr. C? No, man, I'm just really excited. I mean, I remember chatting with some coworkers saying like, oh man, a hundred days until the NFL football starts up again. And like that a hundred days went by real quick. And like you said, we're going to be putting out mortal locks. We're going to be uh, putting out, we put out some parlays for the primetime games. Uh, we try to make a parlay and dude, I just have a really good feeling for the sports betting side, for the fantasy side of things. I think it's going to be a really good year. We're going to be trying to do those sports betting, like live stream kind of episodes as well. Those are kind of in the works right now, but, you know, it's something we're thinking about. Obviously, we are not professional gamblers, so take everything we say with a grain of salt. We're just putting out our process, what bets we're kind of putting money on and what we like. Uh, So you can either, you know, tail it, fade us, do whatever you want, but something we like to do and if you find any value in it that's that's kind of our goal so yeah 1-800-GAMBLER is the place to go if you have a gambling problem appreciate all of you for listening to the end follow us on twitter at dynasty monarchy subscribe on apple Podcasts, spotify wherever you get your podcasts we will see you for one last episode before a full slate of games thank you again peace out thank you for listening to the dynasty monarchy podcast Fancy some fantasy advice? Tweet or DM at Dynasty Monarchy on Twitter. Until next time, 
farewell, my fellow kings and queens.